Hello and welcome to Morlocks, a let's experiment show about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and this is, if I am not mistaken, episode 30, which is, I am very impressed that of the support and the longevity this show has gotten, and I really credit that to the audience who keep supporting and coming out to the show and reaching out to me. Um, and giving me the energy to keep doing this. Um, so I just wanted to get at the top of the show a big thank you to all of my audience for that. And then this week I am with uh, Vince. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Alexa. And first of all, I want to thank you not only for having me on, but for continually to cre- uh, continuing to create such great content. I'm a big fan of your podcast and I'm very excited to be on this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince first reached out to me um, because he started working on a venomized Thanos for the Thanos spider uh, uh team. And I was super impressed by it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love the game aspect and the, the strategic aspect of this game as well. But I think at my core, I'm a hobby guy. And um, I, in particular, aside from the painting, I love to do some conversions as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, would you mind talking a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I don't have too much of a miniature wargaming background. I played a bit of War Machine and Hordes, as did a lot of the, the MCB community. Um, and mainly uh, in War Machine and Hordes, I played some Trollbloods for a couple of years on and off pretty casually, uh, never very competitive and went to maybe a couple local tournaments and things like that. But uh, on that side, I was also very much so focused on the hobby side as well. Um, as my War Machine community kind of slowed down, I went to university, so I wasn't around. Um, that's when like, I kind of have a, had a lull in my miniature wargaming. But uh, when I first saw the MCP release, when they were teasing that, I can't remember which event it was that they showed out the first pictures. But then I heard about, uh, that it was the same guys from War Machine and Hordes. The miniatures looked great. Um, and I was all in from the get-go. Also of note, you have done some work with Blackfire Productions. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, I was very lucky. I live relatively close to Adam, so we could get some uh, in-person games in. Um, and it's, it's always great fun to be able to play not only over TPS with people around the world, but also with uh, friends you know, in the local community as well. He does a great job with his channel, um, and it's uh, a great time being able to play games with him and show off some of my models on his channel. Mm-hmm. Yes, and as someone who doesn't, who isn't a traditional content creator on here, um, what character, uh, Marvel character, are you wanting to see in Marvel Crisis Protocol that isn't already in the game? Yeah, and this is a tricky one. We were chatting a little bit about this before we started recording, but uh, as I was telling you, you know, I, I'm not too much of a comics person, so my my knowledge of the rest, the vast Marvels. Marvel Universe is not as great as a lot of other fans. Uh, I've learned a lot about new characters through this game, which I'm very grateful for and looking forward to continuing to learn about new characters like like the Hood or Clea that they've just shown off, who I had no mm-hmm. idea who they are. Um, but I think if I were to pick someone, I would pick Xavier. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, I've always been a big fan of his character through the X-Men movies. Uh, even the not-so-great X-Men movies. Uh, Patrick Stewart was awesome. And um, James McAvoy is an awesome uh, Xavier as well. Um, and I think they're going to take a very interesting spin on him if they put him into this game, just to get uh, an interesting take around his abilities. Yeah. I I will be interested to see if he at all shows up, because he seems like one of the characters that is going to be most difficult to map onto the game. Absolutely, for sure. But I have the utmost faith in the in the people at Atomic Mass Games. Uh, they've been knocking it out of the park so far, and they keep pushing the boundaries for their design. So I think if they wanted to do it, they definitely could. For sure. And then who did you bring for us to talk about today? So for today, uh, you know, we were discussing a couple different characters that would potentially be great on the show. Um, and I settled for uh, my thick boy, Black Dwarf. Yes, Black Dwarf. Now, there's a couple things I need to, a couple warnings I need to head off here with. Uh, one, as of yesterday, we got the panel to play for Blade, and so we don't have his full information yet. Um, even though the Midnight Sun seems like a very fun affiliation to put Black Dwarf in, we're not going to talk about it super heavily. Um, and then two, um, just. So there's entire an entirely possible chance that uh, Moon Knight's card will be spoiled in the middle of this recording, so we may have a diversion there. Just a heads up. That sounds like an extremely fun diversion. Oh yeah, but Black Dwarf is probably one of the probably the tankiest character in the game. Um. I feel like some of the recent releases have given him a run for his money. Uh, but he's definitely up there, for sure. Yeah. He has... It's, he has really good defenses. He has flat damage reduction, which does amazing stuff. And he has just a boatload of health. Which, combined all together, makes him just a house. Absolutely. And I think one more thing to note is that he is, if I'm not mistaken, the cheapest large base character. Yeah, I think you're right. Because um, the other three large bases, and I think the only three other large bases are Ghost Rider, Modoc, and Hulk, which are 5, 5, and 6 respectively, unless I am missing one in there. No, and I'm just looking at my minis right in front of me right now. I think you got that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you want to do shenanigans with large base sizes, uh, Black Dwarf is the cheapest option you have to play in that realm. Uh, Absolutely, and I think we can come up with some jank around that as well. Yes, he is also the cheapest size for throw, if I remember correctly. Um, on a regular throw, yeah, yeah, probably. I think there might be some spenders that can throw. Yeah, like uh, like Pin, for example, but it's not a, not just a throw. It's attached to his spender. Yeah. But just for a regular honest throw, it's three power for a size four medium throw, which is a lot. The medium part is huge too. Yeah. Um, and then he also has a six die builder, which is really great. He has a range three, uh, eight die spender, which is very solid. That gives out wild stagger, which is a condition not to be scoffed at. Um. 
as we mentioned earlier, he has um, damage reduction. And then he has intimidating presence. Which is one of the more interesting abilities out there. Because um, you pay two power and it's it's a reverse bodyguard where um, instead of having being close to the person you're bodyguarding, you're being close to the opponent who is delivering the attack. It's definitely very interesting for sure. Um, first, this is he is the first character that this came out with, and I guess Luke Cage is the second time that we've seen mm-hmm. this. It really changes the dynamic of where you want him. I think there's some pros and cons in in regular play in terms of um, does it make it in some situations it makes it easier to remove, in others it makes him harder to remove. Yeah, um, but it is definitely quite different from bodyguard once you get him on the board. Mm-hmm. And he's also probably the cheapest size 4 character in the game. Because um, there's only three size 4 characters, right? Hulk, Modok, uh, Black Dwarf? That, I think that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Which, so if you're looking for a big body character that is going to do well against the likes of Web Warriors and stuff like that, who have size-limited uh, pulls and pushes, he's going to do a really good job at that. Absolutely. So, were there any ideas of places that jumped out to you to talk about? I think so. I think um, we can really leverage some of his uniqueness. Like, we just touched on so many things that he has over other characters in the game. And I think that kind of leads us naturally into um, a couple different places. So, um, I mean, base size, obviously, that leads us into Stormblood X-Men. Mm-hmm. Just having that huge base to flip off of, and uh, the fact that when he flips off of somebody else, he gets a lot of extra mobility from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what do you think? Do you think we should uh, go through some of these affiliations one by one, or or rattle off a couple that could be interesting with him? Let's let's talk about like the broad strokes, big idea, and then we'll focus on a couple that we find interesting to talk more in depth before choosing which one we're actually going to build for if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. So so that's the base size with Storm. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, she helps a little bit more with his tankiness as well, giving him cover from mm-hmm. ranged attack. And it also has the interesting addition of Jean Grey now, because um, displacement is the biggest weakness that uh, Black Dwarf has, and Jean Grey helps against displacement. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. It helps him from being bowed away. Uh, or pulled away by spiders, like you mentioned, for those mm-hmm. that aren't uh, size-restricted. Um, yeah, that's. I, I think that there's some interesting synergy there. Uh, it just might be a little bit more difficult to fit 5-point gene with 4-point uh, out of affiliation in Black Dwarf, but definitely possible on the, the higher-point games. Yeah, well, and also at the lower-point games, you can do the double 5 um, 4-pointer. Um, you can do... Uh... You can do the likes of a uh, run leaderless, but have Jingwei cable, and then you can oscillate out of that at your outside of fourteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Very janky for sure. I'm not above the jank. I know that. That's for sure. Uh, one that I wanted to bring up was defenders. Um, his. Biggest... Oh, you read my mind. His biggest issue is getting up the board, which Portals deals with. 
Um, and also he has one attack profile and being able to allow him to not only switch up his attack profile, but add on uh, Hex to his six dice builder is really solid. Yeah, absolutely. Having his axe turn to Mystic is pretty awesome. Getting him right up the board uh, is absolutely huge. And uh, you would have to get him some, hopefully with a with a strike or two, he gets enough power so that we can actually do intimidating presence going forward. Um, whether that be in round one after he actually uses the portal or later on in round two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he definitely fits very well in defenders. And uh, Strange makes him even more tanky. And oh, yeah. with the healing as well, he's basically unkillable at that point. Yeah, and healing does more on him, and this is going to be a point I bring up in a minute. Healing does more on him because of his flat damage reduction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because every point you heal, uh, every single individual point you heal is effectively two points healed. More like 1.5. Exactly. But it, it has a large cascading effect. Um, which is also why I think he's really solid in Asgard. For sure. Yeah, Asgard with some more uh, with another beefy boy like Thor, mm-hmm. um, and all the healing around can make them very tanky. Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers on uh, to the damage reduction, but I remember reading something from uh, from Jacob Xavier Protocol, where uh, he mentioned that with invulnerability, the majority of attacks will do only one damage or less. Mm-hmm. And that suddenly means you you are once put on ignoring an attack, which is massive. Um, and sure. in other cases, sure. you can use it to get rid of pesky conditions that are really annoying for the likes of a Black Dwarf. Yep, absolutely. Um, um, Asgard's definitely an interesting take, and it, it really um, really leans towards mainly the, uh, the tankiness that he brings. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he brings something to Asgard that they're looking for, though? I think there is unexplored territory um, of because Asgard has a lot of terrain throws, but not a lot, but only really one character throw character, and adding more character throws in that, and and like maximizing your character throws off of your off off class slots, I think really helps, um, especially as the game has been getting bigger size wise, and Valkyrie has become less and less effective. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, Thor can match a Black Dwarf's throw, but um, I guess he gets it online relatively easily. It's online always round two, as long as you're not spending all your power round one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you make a great point that uh, they, they, they could use some bigger character throws as well to help them out. Mm-hmm. And it also helps out in the mirror match because you turn off. Um, suddenly you can play a lot uh, well, not actually, no. This is going to be a topic for a different one because I keep forgetting Thor is size 2. I keep thinking he's size 3 for some reason. <laughs> um, but conversation for Criminal Syndicate, though, um, is he allows for an all size 3 or higher team turning off of Valkyrie. Or Beast. Oh, yeah. Or oh, Dark yeah. And it's also possible with Spider Foes. Yep. I think Syndicate coming into this podcast. Uh, I feel like Syndicate was the main spot that you I kind of used to see Black Dwarf unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely synergies and potential. And, and it's pretty obvious. You send him on a point, he doesn't die. You, mm-hmm. you either move him, kind of a waste to attack him. 
Um, but yeah, there's definitely potential there. But I think uh, it, in order to explore some more jank, we uh, we won't go too deep into syndicate as that's more well explored. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one I want to talk about is Web Warriors. Okay, okay. What uh, are you thinking there? Uh, he likes the extra defense dice and... There is a style of Web Warriors play where you use your pulls not to displace them off of the point, but then, but to pull them into a blender. Interesting. And Dwarf, Interesting. Dwarf Venom is a really good blender. Yeah, it's it's not bad for sure. Um, and and since you brought up Venom, what where my mind immediately went to was stacking those uh, defensive effects like bodyguard lethal mm-hmm. protector lifesaver you bring a koi and you have another bodyguard mm-hmm. and then we're seeing some resurgence of cards like i'm well, not really resurgence these are relatively unseen cards in the meta like sacrifice and escort to safety yeah particularly around, tailored around countering black order i think whoever you're facing as long as they're making a good amount of attacks having those layers to defensive effects mm-hmm. uh, makes it a very interesting puzzle for your opponent um, you can do much the same with that in Defenders now that they have Hero for Hire and uh, Luke Cage. For sure. And I think naturally where this leads me to is Avengers with mm-hmm. Steve Rogers. Yeah. I think there's some very interesting synergy there with Black Dwarf. Uh, it, it very much aligns with what we were just talking about, how you can layer those defenses. Um, both Luke Cage and Iron Fist are new Avengers that... Uh, Luke Cage has this innate too dangerous to ignore, which is the same thing as the uh, intimidating presence. But of course, as you mentioned, they also have that Heroes for Hire, which is, I think, one of the best tactics cards now out there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, it is a very strong tactics card, to be sure. Um, so were any of those and, myriad of options that we talked about jumping out to you? Yeah, I really like the Steve Rogers Avengers route. Um, and I, I'm happy, I, I'm just thinking through it now, I think there are some additional synergies that uh, we can dive into the details of. But before we jump into that, I think it's worth mentioning that Inhumans could largely uh, give him the same kind of playstyle as Defenders, where instead of going through the portal, you're getting uh, teleported up by Lockjaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's particularly interesting with Inhumans is that when he gets teleported up by Lockjaw, of course he goes super far, he's like in the middle of the board. Lockjaw can also feed him one power, so that first activation, uh, he can do his, his pseudo-charge, his weaker charge, I guess, in a sense, mm-hmm. um, and really get in your opponent's face with an eight-dice strike. Yeah. Um, does that read deployment? Um, it reaches... It's got to reach pretty far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it uh, it might reach deployment. I think it definitely reaches their uh, D secure in the back. Oh, yeah. um, and one thing that Inhumans particularly love is spending power to generate yourself more power. Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, he's actually got really good power economy here because he gets to add two additional dice for only two. Whereas most of the characters have to spend more power than they get dice back. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he's going to be quite far up the board, depending on what you're trying to do with him. But I think he can then use that power to either, of course, do the bodyguard or then feed it back into the Inhuman to get that train rolling. Yeah. 
Um, I will say I'm not... I have noticed that I have been on a run of Inhuman lists, so I don't necessarily want to repeat that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you did Inhumans with Pat uh, and with, with Chris last time as well. Right? Yep. Yeah, uh, makes sense. I are, really like Steve Rogers. Idea. Okay, let's go for it. I'm always happy to throw Steve in there. Yeah, and I know Sam is getting all the love right now. People are turning away from Steve, mm-hmm. but um, I think he needs some love, and I think there there's enough synergies here that uh, the jank that we come up with might actually be competitively viable, at least at least decently so. Mm-hmm. And we can also do this big throw list that we were talking about in Avengers because Thor is also an adventure. That's right. That's right. Everybody's an adventure nowadays. <laughs> Except they... for poor Punisher. Yeah. There there are so many Avengers out there now. I think we need at least one three pointer, because we're looking at a ten core, so we'll want a four pointer, a three pointer, and a two pointer at the very least. Just to make point values work. Yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna have well a lot more than uh, one three pointer. The Avengers just have so many quality three pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, sometimes it's difficult to make it synergize with Steve's leadership, um, but there could be some fantastic three pointers that we can include. And I think it's safe to just slot in both Luke Cage and Iron Fist immediately. Okay. And then I think we have to, just for point value reasons, slot in two-point Black Widow. We could always go with Black Widow. Um, I, I I know this is uh, very, uh, very common in the meta. It's not exactly spicy, but I think it definitely aligns with uh, one of the synergies of stacking these bodyguard-like effects. And, of course, that goes to Okoye, well, the most played character in the game. Okoye is um, not Avengers-affiliated, which is the issue. That's right. I think specifically for some of the lower point values, we'll need that offset 2-pointer for filling in holes on our threat map. What if we we add Sam as an additional 3-pointer instead? And on the lower points, where we're also trying to fit in Black Dwarf, Mm -hmm. we can then slot in Sam instead of Steve. All right, that is that is definitely a run, and then not worry about Black Widow. Instead, take Akoye as a two-pointer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know Akoye is not the spicy choice by any means, but I just <laughs> think that um, her synergies, in particular with stacking up all these bodyguard effects, is uh, is something worth seeing on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I talked about him before, but I think we don't mind having Thor. I don't we mind going taller in the higher point values we can definitely do thor what are your thoughts on doctor strange he is interesting he is not he would give us a second affiliation in our list exactly and you know we already have iron fist and luke cage Mm -hmm. and we're already talking about how uh, black dwarf loves that portal and loves the the leadership uh, ability Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could be very interesting at higher points in Avengers where Strange's abilities are all discounted yeah. and you have all of those bodyguard effects. You're just making yourself an unkillable team at that point. And that does make me, uh, I'm guessing we want to take the Soul Jam with Strange so we can do those portal plays. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we might have to, we, if we decide that we don't want to go the defender's route and we're going to close that off, uh, we can drop the soul gem for another character as he, in Avengers, he needs that less than in any other affiliation. Yeah. Uh, but for now, let's, let's put that in uh, just to hold a slot um, and keep the defender's route open. So may I make an adjustment suggestion? Of course, Because we were talking about big throws, and there's a character that is both that has a big throw and is both a defender and avenger that we could replace Thor with, which is good old classic Hulk. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Hulk would be very interesting. Absolutely. What are your thoughts around how Hulk synergizes with Black Dwarf? It makes laying out the board really complicated for an opponent. Um, Because if you're playing both Hulk and Black Dwarf, suddenly size four on both sides of the board are active. There are sometimes strategies where you split the size four across two ends of the board so that it's harder for the... So your opponent has to choose and only gets value off of one of them. But having two size four spells on the board allows you to really punish that style of play. Um, You're getting a lot of spells on the table. Hulk is really good at Avengers. He's also really solid with a portal play um and it's and that intimidating presence can be used to protect a hulk that is sometimes a little more susceptible to damage than you expect you're right you're right yeah no i could definitely see some merit there uh you make a great point about the size for throws like uh, anytime i'm playing angela or playing against angela um, I will definitely be scanning the board immediately for the size four pieces of terrain and making sure my deployment matches that. Mm-hmm. And it can this can really cause issues in deployment for your opponent. And it gives us two large bases, which means which adds a level of mobility that the large base, even with the short movement, is a lot more mobility than people expect a large base a short movement to be. Um, yes, yes, for sure. It's nearly a medium movement, if not bigger. Um, I think it's just shy of a of a uh, small base medium move. Yeah. If I if I remember correct. Mm-hmm. So it's there's certainly so we, some. Go ahead. I was just gonna say we have a pretty good base of some. Uh, characters right now uh, should we dive into some of these specific synergies and how black dwarf might play into this team before we fill out any remaining slots yeah so just looking at our list breakdown let's let's actually look at point values and stuff at 14 uh we can play a steve rogers black dwarf iron fist luke cage list i think that's pretty self-explanatory good that's interesting for sure yeah you get a lot of 14 is either sword base, which is an issue for everybody, but I think having especially Iron Fist on sword base is really good. And then just the way you can control people using Black Dwarf and Iron uh, and Luke Cage to throw people off the point to flip them is powerful. And then on Witnesses, you have... Uh, Iron Fist is really good on witnesses. Um, just the ability to move, flip a wit- flip, not witnesses. Um, mutant Madman. No, not Mutant Madman. Uh, Senators. That's the right one. Right, right. Ex- yep. So on Senators, Iron Fist is very good because he can move up, 
flippant extract and still, and even with that short movement using his jump kick, he can get really far distances. Um, for yes, that. yeah, that makes sense. And he's really good at tracking people down. And the other thing about Senators is it lowers your dodge dice, which makes big throws even more valuable. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking about that 14-point list. I think an interesting synergy that really takes advantage of Captain America's leadership could be explored if we drop Luke Cage for instead our other Captain America, Sam Wilson. Yep, nope, you can definitely do that as well. Or you can go the th- if you're thinking you want, if if you're playing against a tall list that is going to try and maximize, say you're playing 14-point Blackwater, you can match them in activations with a Captain America Steve Rogers Black Dwarf Hulk list. Oh, one second. Wait a second. I just realized the synergy that I was thinking of with Sam doesn't work because, unfortunately, our boy is too heavy to be airlifted. Yeah, but you could airlift Iron Fist and drop him off um, for earlier plays. With um, that's right, that's right. On on the oh, center point. <laughs> this is going to be like a discount lockjaw or discount portals. Where um, one thing I was just thinking about right now was if he could have been airlifted, then you can also next turn follow up with black dwarf enforced oblivion for one power with the leadership and send him uh, like a rocket into your opponent's side of the board mm-hmm. for sure but that doesn't quite work because he is a heavy boy that's right that's right so i think um with just the one power enforced oblivion he still gets to uh threaten the midline mm-hmm. um but nothing further than that round one at least yeah um, and then at 15, you get Captain America, Sam Wilson, Black Dwarf, Iron Fist, and Akoi. Um, which I think is a very solid opening game. A very solid, like, Wakanda Wave team. And that's very also solid on Wakanda Herb. Um, because uh, picking up the Herb on Iron Fist and just his mobility with the Herb because of uh, a flying kick is very good. Yep, yep, and, and sorry, did you say this was with Cap Sam Wilson? Yeah, on 15. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes sense. Stacking up those uh, bodyguards, and then when you do daze or KO somebody, being able to do the move, you know, we know that Sam's spam is so popular right now in the meta. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the move is even better on someone like Black Dwarf, who uh, moves further with the short move, and uh, he hates conditions. Mm-hmm. And his healing, as we already mentioned, healing someone with invulnerability is more valuable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we get 16, um, where we get the first really interesting defenders list of Doctor Strange, Soul Gem, Black Dwarf, and Hulk. Oh, wow, that's spicy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you just want to punch a side of the board into oblivion? Um, Absolutely. You can also, of course, always switch out the Hulk to play a little bit wider with uh, our standard Iron Fist and Luke Cage as well. Yep, and then you also have the Sam Captain America, Black Dwarf, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Okoye spread. That's possible. Um, For sure. sure. And either of those three-pointers could be swapped out for Sam. Yep. Absolutely. I think there could be some interesting synergies with the the Sam-led 
Captain America. Um, I, I am disappointed that the airlift doesn't work with him, mm-hmm. but I think it's worth testing out for sure, just for the, even just for the leadership synergies and, and having a team of relatively tanky guys. Yep. Heading up to 17, uh, we get a Captain America Black Dwarf, Captain America Iron Fist Luke Cage list. Which is yep. not something I'm going to complain about. It gives us a lot of mobility in our other picks and a lot of redirection of attacks in our uh, picks as well. We get a bodyguard and two uh, presences on there. And it's all, I find all of that very interesting to to kind of examine and look at. Um, and then going up to 18, we get Doctor Strange, Soul Gem, Black Dwarf, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Okoye, which is a very fun team. Or uh, Captain America, Black Dwarf, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Doctor Strange, and Captain America, uh, and Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson, absolutely. And I'm just looking at how the math works out right now. I think we have another slot left in our roster. Yes. And I think at 18, we can make my airlift dream come true with uh, a swap-in instead with another unaffiliated character, and that would be Medusa. Oh. But I'm thinking... That would look like would be Captain America, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Medusa, and Black Dwarf at mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. And uh, like I was thinking with uh, Airlift, you can have Black Dwarf teleport two in the first move. And with Medusa, is actually uh, a little bit, quite a bit further than just a range two teleport. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can do this with only one power with uh, Steve's leadership. Yeah. And then... You can enforce Oblivion, your Black Dwarf, right away afterwards. Yeah, that is that is something to look at. I think I I have some spicier options I might want to set up for that spot. So so let's nineteen is an interesting block because nineteen we have uh, both the options of uh, Doc Strange, uh, Soulstone, Black Dwarf, one of us three defender three point defenders, and Hulk. Um, splitting Hulk into two three-pointers and going the uh, five-wide option in Defenders, or going Captain America, Black Dwarf, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Sam Wilson, Okoye, and going six-wide. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, now you got my attention there. Six-wide with Black Dwarf. That's something to be seen. Yeah. Now, you went a little bit too fast for me, so let's go over that six-wide list again. We got Sam... We have Iron Fist and Luke Cage for nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Black Dwarf. Mm-hmm. For 13. Uh, Captain yeah. America Steve Rogers for 17. And Akoi for 19. Got it. I like that. I like that. And you can switch between either Sam or Steve's leadership. And then at 20, we can play Captain America Steve Rogers, Black Dwarf, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Doctor Strange with the Soul Gem. In either affiliation, that list I like. Um, that's a that's a nice Avengers list. And now that you bring that up, we could also play that list without the Soul Gem at nineteen. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a very very tanky list. I think one of the big thing big things we have to keep in mind with stacking up all of these bodyguard like effects and uh, defense boosting effects like with Doctor Strange is enemy displacements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have to uh, 
build in some ways we can tech against that and get our characters back into position. Mm-hmm. Which comes to my spicy option. Um, I am a big fan of this. I have advocated for this for a while now. How do you feel about Cyclops? Oh, that that is a very spicy option. Um, specifically uh, Cyclops I... in Steve Rogers' Avengers. Right. Right, so I, I like Cyclops. Um, I can definitely see the immediate synergies with Field Leader. And mm-hmm. I've been, of course, enjoying watching some of the uh, Top Cut and the, the games right before Top Cut where Nick has uh, shown off his Cyclops plays. Yeah. And that's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the chance um, to just... commentate Fast Nick versus Ulysses, which was a really fascinating game. Absolutely. Nick's trying something spicy and uh, relatively, I guess, unheard of in the top cut is amazing to see. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also got to see the, uh, got to commentate the amazing Pat Dunford versus, um, uh, God, who who did he play? I just talked about this the other day with someone. Uh, he played, um, it was the gentleman who was, uh, had top SOS. Uh, Joshua Fink. That's right. That's right. Uh, in the Wakanda versus Defenders matchup that ended up being fascinating. For sure. Yeah, that was a great game. It was very interesting to see Pat play a, a very similar matchup as he did with um, Shadow Marvel. But <laughs> it was absolutely awesome to see that he took what he learned from that game made some changes and uh, made a remarkable improvement to his strategy on that scenario. Yeah. It was... I am. I feel very lucky to be able to actually have commentated that match because I was continually impressed by the play on display. Yeah, absolutely. I think you did a great job commentating. Uh, you and Jacob are... Uh, work really well together as commentators, and uh, it makes the stream much more enjoyable to watch. I've never been a sports guy myself, so like I never knew what it was like to be excited to watch a match or a game. Um, and basically, it sounds super nerdy, but MCP is about as close as it gets for me to that experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also want to shout out Chris who was our third man at the table for the Joshua Fink versus Pat Dunford game. Um, he also did really well. Um, so I just, I want to make sure his presence is remembered. Um, and I could probably have an entire episode on talking about commentating and like the things that I think as a community we need to think about when we're talking about commentating. Um, but that is for another time. Absolutely. Chris was great as well. Um, it was fantastic hearing him on your last podcast mm-hmm. with Widow and how timely it was right after the Black Widow movie. Yep. Uh, Pure coincidence. Mediocre movie, but regardless, great episode from Morlock. <laughs> I, I still have not gotten the chance to see the movie, so I will wait to form my own okay. opinion. Absolutely. That's, that's, what it, that's all that matters at the end of the day. I, I am a critic after all. So yeah, so uh, I think we want a 4-pointer somewhere on our list, and I think there are some spicy options to bring in. Um, I mentioned Cyclops already. I want to 
suggest another character who um, has been coined by the uh, the people on the health party health party protocol Discord as adequate Parker. Oh, interesting. I I love me some core Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives us another throw. Um, which it's not going to complain about, but the big thing is that his webline becomes one. Um, and we are also a very slow affiliation right now. Um, we have a lot of short movers and some medium movers. He's a long mover to add to this cadre that will give us some mobility. Um, and he's defenders affiliated, which, uh, bolsters up our options for playing defenders. That absolutely works. Yeah, I, I could see those synergies. Um, of the two spicy options I am, I would be leaning more towards Cyclops just because he helps more with the internal mobility, moving our own guys and moving them back to position. Yeah. Uh, whereas Parker can't help that. Let's say your your Black Dwarf gets bowed out of position, your Steve Rogers gets bowed out of position. They're pretty sad. Um, and although Parker can, can pull their models out of place, he can't rectify that position, that that uh, poor positioning that your opponent has put you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I like Cyclops being able to do that. Of course, I brought up Medusa early on. She's, of course, uh, a staple in the current meta. Mm-hmm. And she can, of course, do a very similar job, with especially with Steve Rogers' leadership making the Royal Decree cheaper. Um, but uh, I, I like Cyclops uh, as well as the spicier option. And, of course, if you take R&D, uh, you can... Uh, field leader round one or even turn one mm-hmm. and the other thing uh to talk about medusa versus cyclops is cyclops is a lot longer range with his movement um medusa's movement options are restricted by her positioning because it's placing within one of her right right for sure um and that actually you bring up a really good point there that plays well into um, countering enemy displacement in that, you know, if they move Medusa out of place, uh, it's it's harder for her to move your own models. She has to then use move actions where a lot of times Medusa just wants to be attacking, right, with mm-hmm. Flurry. Yeah. Um, whereas Cyclops can beam you, he can use his uh, hit and run to get himself into position again and then move your own guys as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also has a little bit of displacement in his push. Um, which is very solid and um, is has the uh, quick draw ability, um, which is going to benefit off of the Cyclops, uh, the Captain America, Steve Rogers leadership t- going down to one, making it very dangerous to attack him with outside of one. Uh, outside of two, I mean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think just because uh, it's worth bringing up that uh, even if you bodyguard a quick draw, much like if you bodyguard a martial martial prowess, um, they, the opponent does not get automatically damaged. That would have been a very interesting and spicy interaction, but that got cleared up, I think, when Foxima came out. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, it does not work the same way as Enchantress and forcing them to pay for Enchantress before bodyguarding. Exactly. If it worked that way, it would be phenomenal for, for Cyclops and any sort of bodyguard. Yeah. Um, so, we're thinking Cyclops? 
I like it. I like Cyclops in that uh, four-point slot. I'm just uh, kind of building this as we go on Assemble right now. Um, so now we're on to uh, Crisis. Yes, absolutely. Um, and should we quickly go over our list of characters yeah. real quick before we move on to Crisis? Let's do that. Um, so as I have the list on my screen, and hopefully this matches up with your screen, I have Black Dwarf, Captain America, Captain America, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Aquae, Doctor Strange, Soul Gem, Hulk, and Cyclops. You got it. That sounds like a dream team. Yeah. That is a lot of really interesting pieces getting put together um, that I'm very excited about. For sure. Um, but starting off with Secures, I think Secures are going to be the more interesting one to talk about for us. Because um, I think there's a couple of the extracts that are very obvious for things we want to do. Um, but Secures are less so. Um, though the primary one I want to talk about starting out is Riot Sparks over Extremist 3.0. Interesting. Just to stack up on some more healing? Yeah, is that and, what you're and because we get more value out of our healing than our opponent will, will get out of their healing. Yes, absolutely. Um, the first concern that comes to my mind, though, is that a lot of our team wants to be relatively close together. Do you think they would struggle on a, a secure that's so spread out like this? It's, um, I'm, I don't think it's as much of an issue, um, because I think a lot of our characters are independently tanky. Um, while we have a lot of in clumped up scenarios, we have a lot of ways to redirect damage and move damage around and really calculate our damage. I don't think... I think playing out a spread out game is still just fine for us because we are so tanky, naturally. It's not just that we are good in the synergy. I think we're good independently and that synergy puts us over the top sometimes in those specific matchups. But I don't think we're bad independent of those synergies. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, they're tanking enough by themselves and then just stacking on the additional effects just takes it over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, let's uh, let's put in Extremis to start off with. Mm-hmm. Now, one I was thinking about is perhaps Mutant Madman. Yeah, we have a lot of high physical defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a particular soft spot for Mutant Madman with uh, because I've been playing and testing a lot of Spider Foes. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's taking a little bit of a diversion. A, a, a diversion, if uh, if you don't mind, uh, I, I can tell you a little bit about how I've been playing with uh, the Spider Foes and mm-hmm. how it directly relates to uh, some of the playstyle I can see with this team here. Okay, go right ahead. Yeah, so um, you know I had some fun with the Thanos Spider Foes list, um, but uh, I also wanted to try some um, and, and take advantage of some of the other aspects of the foes instead of just um, boosting their uh, attack dice, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, it led me down a, 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 some thoughts around a, what I could do to leverage their unique characteristics. And one thing that the Spider Foes have in common with a lot of the characters that we put in this list is high physical defense and relative tankiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found them to be very very strong on Mutant Madman, where 
it doesn't matter if they're not damaging your opponents with their four dice spenders. And of course, if the guys in our list hit harder. Yep. Um, but as long as they stay alive and they can go to a mutant madman trap trap and roll for it with four dice, uh, you are uh, in a decent position at least. Your characters are doing something useful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we could take a similar playstyle here with. Uh, so many four dice physicals with Black Dwarf, Captain America, Luke Cage, even Cyclops, for example. Yep. Got a similar playstyle, and I think it will work out pretty decent. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then bring up the rear. I want to talk about the one one scenario where I think we could really do you uh, do the synergy play, which is Demons Downtown. Absolutely, for sure. You read my mind on that one. We can put someone on, get them incinerated, and we don't care because they won't be taking any shots. The team around them will be taking all the shots from them. And moreover, even if we get like a Black Dwarf incinerated, he does not care as much because he has flat reduction. And that too, absolutely. Um, that applies to Black Dwarf, that applies to Luke Cage. Very, very useful ability. So that's our secures. And I, and I really love the idea that your opponent will have basically no control of who they're putting the damage into. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember. I there there was some some unit that played like that in War Machine and Hordes. Um, it's been a long time, but there was uh, some unit where you know you attack them and they could spread out the damage amongst the team members in the unit as they saw fit. So guys wouldn't die immediately you know it would mm -hmm. even would be uh, the damage would be evenly dispersed i could see that same play style play out with our team here yeah for sure um going to extracts i think there are two extracts that immediately jump to mind as things we want to be doing uh which is struggle for the cube and fear grips world okay okay Walk me through that a little bit. Um, struggle for the cube. Um, we have defenders, and at uh, the seventeen point value, we can uh, we can finagle stuff so that we get um, Hulk out there with portal. Um, I think we mm -hmm. may be playing a point down, but that's finagling stuff. Right. right. Uh, but you can do the Hulk cube tricks. And in much the similar way, you could also send Black Dwarf out while not getting as many cubes. Um, he can go out and pick up your opponent's far cube and then just be a monster tank holding a cube. Yep. Um, and that would look like, what, a three-wide team with Strange, Soul Gem, Hulk, and Black Dwarf? Yes. I think that is a point down, sadly, but that's a place where I'm willing to play a point down. Interesting. Interesting. Um, How do you feel about, um, I guess it's a little bit of an anti-synergy in this case. Like we were talking about how each point of health is more valuable to someone like Black Dwarf with invulner invulnerability. Uh, and that's why Extremis is great for him because mm -hmm. you heal one point, it's like healing two. Uh, how about in this case where if he's holding a cube, uh, in, in a sense, you're not only losing one point of damage or health, uh, you're actually kind of losing two. Do you have any concerns there? It's, I'm not as concerned because you can go through the portal, pick up the fog cube with advanced R&D, and then double walk back. 
Um, and it's a good extract play to take away options from your opponents and force them into riskier positions. Makes sense. Makes sense. Force them to chase Black Dwarf. You got uh, Doctor Strange there. I think the heal from Doctor Strange alleviates mm-hmm. some of the concerns as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could just imagine, you know, they, you're starting off round two. Black Dwarf has one damage from the cube. Uh, most characters cannot daze Black Dwarf. Uh, in one activation yeah right and you put some if, if if they do attack black dwarf you put a little bit of damage onto him of course you can boost some of those defense rolls with strange uh and then uh it feels really bad when your black dwarf gets healed to full and your opponent feels like they uh they wasted all those activations attacking mm-hmm. and then in much the same way you can uh portal deep into the field and pick up your opponent's hammer with a black dwarf, um, in such a way that you can just uh, you can pick up a hammer and then walk forward and do a seven dice smack onto their line first turn. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that that makes sense. Um, that definitely sounds very scary. Let's see. So you would come through the portal, your R and D, walk forward, take their hammer, and smack them with their own hammer. Yep. Wow, yeah, that's that's spicy for sure. Um, so those are two that I want to come out just because of their formation and the way that they boost up our characters in really interesting ways. For sure, for sure. I like those two. Um, and I'm just looking at the rest of the extracts. Nothing in particular stands out to me, but I think there's two that's, uh, that's kind of... Uh, what I would be considering out of the ones that remain. Okay. And those would be either research station attack, which uh, as a central, uh, somewhat, uh, it's like a pseudo secure. Mm -hmm. Um, It plays into our game plan and we could basically have our brick of guys walk forward at at the unkillable brick and escort the researcher to their research station. Um, Or the other one I was looking at is Montessi formula. Just because um, I think aside of, say, Cyclops, and Iron Fist has kind of got an energy attack, but outside of these guys, we don't have that much uh, energy, and we don't have any... uh, Cyclops, again, has a beam. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it could help guys like uh, Steve Rogers, for example, who kind of hits like a wet noodle. It gives him that six dice beam, and and it helps him out a lot. That, That is entirely possible. I also wanted to bring up Deadly Legacy Virus. I like that one too. Yeah, that, what are your thoughts around Deadly Legacy? It always leads to some fantastic games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever pulled off actually getting all three onto one guy. Uh, they, I think there was one game that uh, was basically we called it before that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, it's a very interesting mini game basically within the within the, the wider MCP game. Yeah, but I'm just looking at it as a a extract that heals our, heals conditions from us. Um, and yep. Black yep. Dwarf does not like the likes of Stagger, does not like the likes of Stun all that super heavily. Um, and while you can't really get rid of Stagger because it's at the end of the activation, um, you can get rid of things like Stun or Bleed or other effects, annoying or Shock some other annoying effects that you don't necessarily want on your Black Dwarf, your Hulk, your Doctor Strange, your Captain America. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. My concern there is um, our, our team's not that fast, right? We don't, do we even have any, we don't have any, oh, Sam, Sam is a long mover. Sam but, and, uh, my yeah, be, Sam. Right, right. And my concern would be that if they start uh, getting uh, a runaway with the legacy virus, that uh, it's very hard for us to chase them. We really want them to come to us, and uh, Black Dwarf doesn't want to be running around chasing somebody for for an extract. Because of how little Legacy Virus actually splits, like unless they're getting all three of it on the same person and popping for eight VP, the actual split of Legacy Virus is two one. So you can if they're running away, they're losing people on secure, so you can press the secure advantage. That makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. Absolutely. And we have. Um, and, and just... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and we have a lot of throws, so we play really well on secure. Right. Absolutely. No, I I could see that. Um, and similarly, I, going back to the other, some of the other extracts you're looking at, Montesi is also very low scoring for mm -hmm. an extract, with only three points, and only each character can only hold one. So we could also that leverage that to focus on the secures as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's interesting is that uh, it, it's not a full synergy in that it doesn't add to dice to the full beam, but uh, Black Dwarf could enforce Oblivion and start his first beam attack, or uh, yeah, it would have to be his first beam attack mm -hmm. uh, with an eight dice energy beam. Yep. So I I I have been swayed towards Montezzi formula. I think it's a very solid. Um, uh, uh, extract overall, and I think it's an underplayed one. It's one of the few like mid-range ones. Yeah, that's the thing. I I, I see a lot of legacy, uh, a good amount of legacy virus nowadays. Uh, when I was playing Brotherhood, I was playing it a lot, uh, especially because you could have Toad pull it off your guys. Mm -hmm. um, but I, to be honest with you, I don't know if uh, I don't know if I've ever played Montessi. Maybe once or twice. I think maybe once or twice. Then you but, obviously uh, it's one that. I want to get on the board more often. You obviously have not played enough Red Skull Cabal then. No, absolutely not. That's that's the dream, right? Playing Red Skull Cabal with that. Yeah, because you get power pings off of each of the hits of the beam. Um, that's just really solid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is who who else adds dice to the full attack action? Um. I know there's a couple of people. So like Carnage with a book is pretty funny. Yep. Because he, he had two dice for uh, uh, for two power for his whole beam. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you want him on the track because then he's just going to get beamed to death himself. Eh, um, you don't mind it. <laughs> it could, it, it, it's give or take. It could be rough. Uh, but you could it could be good for him too. You underestimate um, with how you... much health pool Carnage has the value of look at me, I'm a target to eat attacks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of people overvalue defense dice, mm -hmm. um, and I think I undervalue defense dice and defense rerolls in terms of just my expectations. Like whenever I make rerolls for miles, I just don't expect it to amount to anything. <laughs> Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised, but most of the times my expectations are met. 
Uh, um, and just like uh, other interesting synergies with the formulas that uh, don't exactly have to do with our lists that we're talking about today. But I think like Loki, speaking of a cabal, can make blanks count on his first attack of the beam. I don't think it accounts for the, uh, works for the whole action. Uh, Loki, if I remember correctly, one second, let me pull him up. I think you have to pay for each individual part of it, but it's before you're rolling dice. So you can choose which one of the beam. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And you could do it multiple times in that case then. Yeah. Uh, you got three characters under the beam. You could pay, I don't know, six power. It sounds like a lot, but uh, if you're getting one back for each beam, right, yeah. it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's, there's some interesting characters uh, for for that. But now let's talk about tactics cards. Um, and I think there are two that immediately jump out to me as things we have to talk about. Um. Number one is we want portals. Pentagrams of Fala. Yep. And two, because we have and can fit Hulk in at a lot of points value, how do you feel about Gamma launching a Black Dwarf? That sounds pretty funny. I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> it sounds like a, a worse version of BT. Um, but, uh, it's definitely spicy. (laughs) I'd definitely like to see it on the table. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something we can take. For sure, for sure. Um, I think Um, we need... all these Avengers. Yeah, do we want to take Avengers Assemble? I think so. I think Mm -hmm. so. We definitely want to be able to move, and and that absolutely helps a lot in one of the concerns I was mentioning earlier on in which uh, the enemy could displace our characters, having them walk back into place is extremely helpful for a game plan. Mm-hmm. And I think we can actually take that a step further. So we have Avengers Assemble for our, our wide array of Avengers, and it's great for one turn and possibly multiple characters. But I have a feeling that... Um, if we were to play this list a lot, I see that a lot of opponents would get frustrated by attacking into our impenetrable brick, and they would resort to really trying to displace everyone as their way to win. So mm-hmm. we might want to take another tactics card to help prevent that. Um, and there's a couple of different movement cards that we could choose mm-hmm. from. I am going to derail this conversation because Moon Knight has appeared. Oh, amazing. Let's uh, let's take a look. Uh, he's in the spoilers and reveal sec tab of the Discord. Yep. Um, let me just hop on in there. It's just loading for me. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, here we go. Here's another character that uh, I wasn't aware of before until he made his appearance in uh, MCP, and I, I read some comments and stuff about him. Uh, but he seems like a, a really interesting character, a really funny character, for sure. Yeah, he's one of uh, Marvel's many Batman knockoffs. Yeah, yeah. And from what I understand, he's like a Batman knockoff cross with Deadpool kind of thing. Uh, he doesn't have the awareness of the fourth wall that Deadpool has that really characterizes Deadpool. But he is uh, okay, batshit okay. crazy. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. So how do you want to do this? You want to go over the card together uh, or yeah. just give some hot takes on this? Let, let's just go through this a little bit. Um, I'm already seeing it. stuff that I like. Um, that bow staff attack that re-rolls any number of attack dice. 
and has a chance to do a stagger on a crit wild hit. The 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 uh, stagger will be very difficult to pull off, um, but with the rerolls, it's definitely much more possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing a reroll all with four dice is uh, very very good without any sort of uh, conditions around it, like with Nebula. Mm-hmm. And uh, first thought that comes to mind is, of course, this would stack very well with uh, anything that gives them extra dice, like oh, yeah. Blind Obsession. Or Doom Prophecy. Or, or our favorite. And, uh, Doom Prophecy too. yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven dice, reroll all. That could be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then he also has another good Doom Prophecy attack, which is uh, his Swelling Presence, which flat gains power and then has a attack uh, rapid fire. Yes. Yeah, uh, that looks pretty solid. It's always great to have a reliable way to generate that one power. Um, this is kind of like a shield throw-esque kind of attack. Um, mm-hmm. But the, with the rapid fire, they do have a trigger, so you need to roll that hit. Yep, I, but it is range four. A uh, good part of his kit, for sure. Yeah, and then he has his mystic attack, seven, uh, seven dice for four power that um, places it within one and then pushes away short. Or pushes away short and then places within one. Yes, it's definitely great to have that flexibility there. Mm-hmm. Um, having played some Iron Fist recently, that uh, range three attack placed within one is superbly helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a lot of great effects on this attack. Uh, even just the seven dice mystic at range three is strong in itself. The place is strong in itself and the push is strong in itself. Um, I think it would be interesting to find scenarios where you want all three of those effects um, and really take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, And then he has a reactive ability that increases his defense guys against mystic attacks. We're getting more mystic attacks into the game, especially with Cassandra, uh, Mr. Sinister, and Jean Grey now in the game. So that is that seems like it has some value in this game. Yeah, yeah, I could see some value in it. It is a, still a little bit niche just because at the end of the day, we don't have that many mystic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but more, I think I have a personal bias against this because, uh, like I just mentioned uh, 10 minutes or so ago, I don't really value defense dice that highly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I look at effects like uh, this on Doctor Strange or Cable... I'm like, okay, that's that's not bad. Uh, but the fact that his only works on himself and only works on mystics, uh, I, I'm not valuing it too highly just yet. Yeah. Um, and then finally, he has his like he has stealth and wall crawler, which are both very good uh, standard uh, un- uh, like classic abilities for this game. And then he has multiple personalities, uh, where he rolls the dice at the start of his of the start of his turn uh, on a crit. He makes an additional action that can must be a move action on a wild or a hit. Uh, the next attack made this activation has two additional dice to its attack roll. On a blink, he gains the power. And uh, uh, a blink or a shield, he gains the power. And then on a skull, nothing happens. All of those are great effects except for the skull. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's a lot to dive into there. Uh, just before we jump into that, uh, you mentioned that he has stealth. Seeing that makes me feel a lot better because the first thing, uh, my first reaction to looking at his stat line was that he is very fragile. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Have they shown his back yet? Uh, uh, he, yes. Uh, it does not appear that much has changed. Um, he's still 5 still health, 3 3 3. So he's still relatively fragile, I would say. Um, his his mystic defense blocker may come up sometimes, but it's mainly going to be his stealth that saves him. Uh, now, the multiple per- personality, that's spicy. It's thematic, and I like it. It's, it's very strong. Situationally turns him into a Magneto right, with his uh, builder. Uh, and what, what are your thoughts on the multiple personalities? I think it's amazing, and I think it's going to make a very unique character that's going to be very fun to play. Um, and especially if things pop off the right way at the right time, especially that crit will do magic for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, yeah, the the, the randomness of this, I think, uh, will will be the defining mm-hmm. uh, characteristic of this character, where you'll just have some games where multiple personality lines up exactly as you need. He gets the pseudo charge when you need it. He gets the extra dice when you need it. He gets the extra power when you need it. And then there's going to be some hilarious other games where it, it doesn't do much for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm noticing is he doesn't have a lot of ways to spend power, so he's actually going to be able to do his build a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, either, I mean, characters like this, they either need to um, just uh, be a tactics card battery or you know, do a lot of their spenders. And he has a very solid spender. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty solid for sure. Uh, just another mystic attack. You can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. I think that was a very fun diversion. Um, I don't think he quite fits into the list we're building, so let's not worry about subbing him out for someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think he quite fits. Uh, as you noted, uh, he doesn't really get much out of uh, power reduction because he's going to have a ton anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I look forward to seeing how he works with the rest of the Midnight Suns. Their leadership ability is very spicy. I know you mentioned at the beginning of the cast, we're not going to dive into any details of that because we really don't have any details of that. But that's another area where I think Black Wolf could be a great fit because he gets so much movement out of his large base and that range one uh, teleport. Yeah, for sure. Um, but back to tactics cards, I think we need for at least one of our restricted slots to bring Brace for Impact. That's interesting. Um, what makes you say that? Uh, we have a lot of very big characters that if our opponent can throw them around, deal a lot of damage to us. That's a great point. You convinced me right there. Well, we will put some Brace into here. The other one that I want to bring up is Patch Up. Oh, okay. Because I like that. We have a lot of very heavy, high health characters. So getting the higher amount of healing out of it seems very good. Yeah, absolutely. And is the reason you uh, you point to patch up instead of med pack just because it's a little bit less taken and a little spicier? Uh, I'm putting it because it's the thing about patch up is a lot of characters can't have 5 HP to be healed so it doesn't or 4 to 5 HP to be healed which means it doesn't get as much value as say something like med pack for the points value but if you're having that for 5 health being healed it is much better value and we have a lot of characters who can sit at 
having four or five health needing to be healed. Right, right, absolutely. I'm just thinking back on my experiences with the patch up when I when I always used to play it, and this was of course before the med pack days, mm -hmm. where uh, the, you know the bandwagon jumped on med pack very quickly after it was released um, and, and tossed aside patch up. But my primary frustration with patch up, what I found was that you couldn't use it on yourself. Yeah. So yeah, with characters that would get powered up, they would have a ton of damage on them, and uh, the characters around them might be a little bit more power starved. They, they can't heal, um, and you really wanted the character to heal themselves, but that wasn't possible with Patchen. But I think the one advantage that Patchen has over MedPack that people don't really talk about is that it can be done outside of the character's activation, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And the other thing I want to bring up is because we're playing this like bodyguard intimidating presence list, um, we can direct damage into someone to get that power. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think you convinced me right right with that comment right there so that you can put not only the damage where you want, but that's a great insight that with the damage comes the power. So you can also redirect who's gaining power. Mm -hmm. So we will slot patch up in. And just before I forget, right before we diverted to, to Moon Knight, mm -hmm. I think we're going to go into some of the mobility-related yes. tactics cards. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, the most common one nowadays is climbing gear. And but I, I think much like much like med pack versus patch up, I think we could also take a look at the lesser loved tactical analysis. Ooh. Uh, I was prepared for the uh, extreme conditioning argument. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. Which I don't think is better than... Uh, 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 climbing gear, but tactical analysis, huh? It's one power less, but you have to be within lane three, and it's doing a character's activation. They have to play it. Um, um, that's right, and I'm just thinking that, um. For example, like you brought up, using the bodyguard mechanics to direct power to who you want, um, and then having them activate, and this is basically like field bleed right, on a stick. Mm -hmm. um, a little less powerful, uh, a little cheaper, um, but very, very comparable. Uh, and I think having field leader on a stick could help us out in other situations where Cyclops isn't on the squad, uh, or even just doubling up on that effect. Yeah, I can see that. Let's let's go for it. I like it. Yeah, I haven't played tactical analysis in uh, a while. Mm -hmm. um, I think the last time I played that was with when I was playing some criminal syndicate, and uh, this might have actually been before climbing gear came out. Well, maybe not because yeah. bullseye came out. Yeah. And so climbing gear was probably out already. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting tech piece that I want to bring up because we have a fair number of large characters is Smash. Ah, uh, I like that. I like that. That was one thing that I had in mind when I was thinking about Black Dwarf a little bit and about uh, his size 4. Mm -hmm. So you can destroy a size 3 terrain and get 3 additional attack dice to whatever attacks you make that turn, and if you're also doing an Enforced Oblivion that turn, that's suddenly plus 5 dice, so a 9 die builder. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. One thing, so I, I took a look at Smash when I was um, building out my Spider Foes team, just because they not they're not size fours, but they got a lot of size threes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, a little diversion again, uh, but uh, I think Spider Foes had some interesting synergies with Smash. Like you could something cute could be you do Smash and then you do Lizard Brain Monkey uh, Lizard Monkey Brain Lizard Hole, whatever yeah. that card is called. Mm-hmm. You have a, a big attack with AOE. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did find disappointing with Smash is that it was only for the activation, so it does not synergize with um, all you've got, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am scared of the day that Modoc players remember that Smash exists. Yeah, yeah. Could... I, I always wonder. Like, Smash seems like an interesting card. I wonder how easy it is to pull off uh, in 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 real life. <laughs> Uh, or over TTS in real games, where you kind of have to then watch where you're positioning your guy and set set them up so that they have that terrain to destroy. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I just I I remember someone telling me about the play of like you backstop a Modok with a size three terrain turn one, and then at the top of turn two you smash the terrain, and suddenly you're doing what nine dice shots with Modok's builder with Weevils. Wow, that is. That is absolutely a wonderful idea. I love that. But we don't need to make Modoc better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the real spicy play is having the, it boost both attacks on his uh, his uh, chair. his chair. Attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we got we got we got um, Black Dwarf. We've got. Hulk, um, and I think that's enough to, to put in a spicy card like Smash in there. Um, I also want to bring up Warpath. Okay, that's a that's a pretty solid card. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, just like with Defense Dice, I have a little bit of a personal bias against uh, this aggressive-like ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, uh, I, I don't know if I've shared with you before, but my brother is Esmond. Um, so I get a lot of games against him at home. Ah. Um, and when I was uh, when I was playing She-Hulk, he made me feel very bad by counting his shields with, as successes with Shuri mm-hmm. over and over again, basically in uh, invalidating my uh, my aggressive ability. That sounds appropriate, um, but that doesn't happen with a lot of people, and I'm more thinking about it against just the normal pot shot that isn't intended to move you, your warpath into range them. And suddenly I you're like in that. intimidating presence yeah. range for a lot more characters. It can turn that on. I think you've sold me on warpath. I think it's another way we can get out of bad positions mm-hmm. um, from our team. And it, it just makes that puzzle a little bit more complicated for your opponent to pick apart. Mm-hmm. And that would be eight tactics cards. And that's eight. Yeah, absolutely. I think this looks like a really fun list. It does. I think that um, it would it it the the idea of forming this impenetrable brick uh, w- could work on some specific crises combinations, um, even in a a. Uh, a high-level competitive game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, there's going to be some counters if your opponent has a ton of displacement effects or if it's a uh, super spread-out secure where 
they're making you chase after them. You might not have the best time. But I think uh, we have definitely a very solid base of a list here, and it's built off of some great synergies and a very interesting idea. And a lot of fun characters that don't see a lot of table play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I forgot to tell you this, but I know you're going to have uh, Adam on uh, your podcast soon enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just uh, texting him this morning, and uh, we're going to make some arrangements to play uh, perhaps uh, when he's done your, your podcast and it comes out. We'll definitely get in the game and productions with my Morlocks list versus his Morlocks list. Well, make sure he has an understanding then that he isn't supposed to come into his recording session having listened to this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this going to come out before? <laughs> yes. Is this going to come out before uh, his he records it? Yeah, probably. Okay, okay, got it. So we definitely, uh, yeah, he can't be teching out against my list specifically. <laughs> yeah. But that sounds awesome, and I cannot wait to see that happen. That. That makes me feel super cool because it means you guys care enough about what I'm doing to add additional stuff to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, building the list is great fun, but I think we definitely want to see it in action. I know that a lot of your guests must be taking your list and playing games with it, but I think uh, I think it would be great just to see the list in action uh, through a recorded video as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for those at home, uh, the full list is Black Dwarf, Captain America Steve Rogers, Captain America Sam Wilson, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Okoye, Doctor Strange, Soul Gem, Hulk, and Cyclops. Our tactics cards are Pentagram, Pentagrams of Forala, Gamma Launch, Avengers Assemble, Brace for Impact, Patch Up, Tactical Analysis, Smash, Smash and Warpath. And then our, our crises are Riot Spark over Extremist 3.0, Mutant Madman turns City Center into Lethal Amusement Park, and Demons Downtown has our comeuppance come due. Struggle for the Cube continues, Fear Grips World as Worthy Terrorized Cities, and Montesi Formula Found. So yeah. Sounds fantastic. How do you feel about this? I feel great. And uh, even before I get that game in with Adam, I'm looking forward to actually testing this out. I think that uh, Black Dwarf, particularly under Steve, with some uh, sprinklings around it, could be very, very fun. And uh, I know that uh, I I like both my Black Dwarf and Steve models are both converted. uh, And they haven't seen the table in a long time. So I, I definitely need to get them on the table. Though, I just noticed we forgot a tactics card that we need to make room for. Oh, and what is that? Heroes for Hire. Oh, that's right. Um, I think it's pushing out Smash. I think you're right about that. Um, so let and me... we'll slot that in. Yeah. It's a little less spicy, but uh, it's integral to making our team work. Yeah, it really does help. Um, so... The updated tactics card, since we forgot about that, is Pentagram to Fuala, Gamma Launch, Avengers Assemble, Brace for Impact, Patch Up, Tactical Analysis, Warpath, and Heroes for Hire. So yeah, uh, thank you very much for coming on. This was a whole lot of fun. Absolutely. This was a great first podcasting experience for me. Um, hopefully, I didn't make too much of a fool of myself. But no, I did you didn't. Wanna thank- 
having me on. It's, it's been a fantastic experience. Um, and uh, maybe one day we'll get to do uh, a second episode. Maybe. I have yet to repeat a guest yet, and I'm seeing how long I can hold that out. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. But one day it will have to happen, and I, I'm pretty sure I've already mentally chosen who I want my first repeat guest to be. Um, but that's, that's going to be a secret for now. With the rate of releases um, that they're churning out for MCP, I'm sure we'll see a lot of uh, a lot more loved characters that are very very popular, but a lot more characters as well that will have some potential, some extra jank on your show. Oh yeah. No, every every new release, I'm just like, ooh, um, I'm I'm bringing for my Beta Splendors match tomorrow a Criminal Syndicate uh, Omega Red list to see how that goes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds like great fun. Hey, I wanted to get your hot take on this. So we just looked at the Moon Knight card. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think Moon Knight is more likely to be? A, uh, a meta character or is he more likely to show up on your show in three months time I don't think he's going to be meta I think he's going to fall into this interesting place where he won't show up on my show for probably four to five months because I think he's going to be a integral player in the Forgotten Sons affiliation so a lot of people won't think about him intrinsically as someone who's underplayed until that affiliation starts to get lesser played that makes sense. That makes sense. My hot take is that I'm leaning towards the latter, that he's going to show up on your show um, in, in, in some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, give it, we'll definitely have to give it some time. But um, like I think the people are speculating that there's already a, a lot of affiliated characters in Midnight Suns, like, like Iron Fist, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, that could take a three-point slot. And I think that the randomness that comes with Moon Knight, a lot of it could be very fun. Will uh will will decrease his chances of being in the uh, the competitive meta at least. I had a lot of fun, and thank you very much for coming on. And thank you again for having me. And keep experimenting, people. <laughs>